podcast. I'm Cindy Lynn, and I can't wait to help you step into your health power. So this week, it's all about owning your health on the road. So whether it's travel or just having an outing for a day, when we're away from home, we need to be and and really can be excited about owning our environment. So what does that mean exactly? Well, this series that I'm doing, this short series, is all about creating spaces that you want to inhabit. Last uh, episode, we did Owning Your Health at Home. And if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back and do so. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Um, And this time, we're talking about environment, spaces we inhabit outside of home. And very often, this is travel, because I think so many of us can get wrapped up in travel and kind of lose our health. I, I have so many clients who get back from holidays, get back from work travel, get back from visiting family, and they've just kind of let go of all of the practices that they really value and at the same time don't really feel well afterwards. So I love to travel. I like to feel good while I'm traveling. I like to respect myself while I'm traveling and be very aware of what decisions I'm making and what decisions kind of get made for me as we just get swept along in the moment. So let's look at the type of environments we might encounter. Um, We could be simply out at a restaurant in town with friends. We could be uh, a shopping day out with girlfriends. We could be in business meetings all day. I remember those very well from my corporate life, um, where for some reason they thought they could just put you in a room and keep you there for eight hours as long as they kept bringing food in. Um, Depending on who you are and when you're listening to this, that may sound like a very strange thing. But for a lot of you, a lot of my audience I know uh, probably recognizes that right away, like that was a thing. It's just like, this is the meeting. It's all day long. We bring in food and we have your full attention. So we know that that wasn't really ideal for most of our health. So being that the environment on the road can mean so many things, I want to really focus on three situations that I have found where owning my health, stepping up and and really... um, taking ownership and owning my health in these environments have been most impactful. And when I say owning my health in these environments, it, for some of you, it may bring up these very stringent thoughts of, oh my gosh, I do everything the same way all the time. And if I leave the house, I have to do it the same way too. And it's not about rigid rules. It's mostly about awareness and awareness in that, Hey, I'm changing environments. I have things that I value for my health. How do I take those things out into the world and at the same time shape that environment or select that environment to continue to support me? So here are the three most impactful that I have found. First and foremost is owning your meal times and routines. So 
I don't know that there's anyone who enjoys traveling on their stomach more than I do. I love to go to other countries, to other cities, and eat the local foods and enjoy all of it. But I've found that the scheduling can really, really affect my health. And a couple of things come into play. First of all, if, if you're going, say, to Europe from the U.S., there's time changes that are very different. And those you can adapt to relatively quickly. The biggest effect that my health feels from eating in Europe is that very often, I mean, we love Spain, we love Portugal, but very often people are eating dinner at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. And my body's just not used to that. It doesn't do well with that at all. And that's not something that your body typically adapts to in a few days like it does time changes. So how do I stay feeling good, actually get the sleep I need? Because that's one of the biggest impacts. If I eat that late, I simply don't get good sleep. So how do I enjoy all of that food and still feel good while I'm doing it. And that is by respecting my eating times. So what does that mean? That means very often when we're traveling, my husband and I, we will have a, a really big lunch. And it's the meal that comes 12, one o'clock when I would normally be eating, when I'd normally break my fast. And we'll have what most people consider a full dinner. We'll order all of the fish and all of the salads and all of the courses and really, truly enjoy it and have our glass of wine. And then very often in the market, we'll pick up something light for dinner because honestly, the restaurants aren't open when I'm typically eating dinner. I like to finish eating by seven o'clock so that I have plenty of time before I go to sleep so I can digest. Now, this may be your schedule. It may not be your schedule at all at home. You may eat very differently, but I can almost guarantee that you will feel better, that you will be able to own your health better when traveling if you respect the times that you normally eat. Enjoy all of the things, but the timing can be really, really critical. Give it a try. Let me know how it works for you. The second thing that I found to be really impactful is recognizing your need for downtime when you travel. And this is probably a little bit more of an impact when you're traveling for a week or two at a time for vacation. Where you stay and how much downtime you plan in your schedule can make the difference between feeling exhausted when you get home and truly enjoying everything you experience, and returning home rested. So for example, there are places we travel where we stay with friends and family. And I do that only if I know that those individuals have guest space where I can have downtime, I can have time on my own, I can go to bed and read at night rather than staying actively socially engaged until midnight. Um, if we go someplace where that isn't the lifestyle of the people we're visiting, we stay in a hotel. And if it's going to be an extended stay, if we're going to be in one city for four, five, six days or more, we actually typically get Airbnbs or VRBOs so that we have much more of a downtime and away from the public and the hustle and bustle. 
Now, I enjoy the hustle and bustle and being out in the streets and the shopping and seeing everything that's going on when I travel and also the downtime. And I find even in a nice hotel, I don't get enough of that downtime just because of all the action that's around. So I like to be able to sit outside in a space that's quiet whenever possible. Um, I like quiet evenings um, when, you know, whenever, whenever possible in a fine balance with the activities. So knowing what your balance is between quiet time and social time is very important when you're selecting where you're going to stay. And it's also very important when you're selecting how many activities you're going to do. Now, I know loads of people who have the energy for and love to do, you know, five cities in three days. And they thrive on that. And that's fabulous. I and a lot of my clients, because frankly, that's who's drawn to me, need a little bit more of a balance of active time and quiet time and downtime. So typically when we travel or we're out and about for um, you know long distance travel, we will select one activity a day that's social learning, a lot of input, um, you know, one museum a day, one type of that activity where you're learning, you're taking it all in. And then that would be a morning or an afternoon. The opposite would be a quieter activity. So visiting a park or taking um, a double-decker bus tour, something that's a, that requires a little bit less um, active brain work on our part. Because when you're in a completely new environment, it takes a tremendous amount of energy just to navigate, just to be aware of what's new, aware of your surroundings, calibrate to the surroundings you're in. Even for day trips, this can be a factor because if you're someplace new and there's a lot going on, it takes a lot more energy. So owning your health in that means balancing it. Now, some people I know have super packed busy day and then a complete down day. That works for them. Uh, whether it's a, a physical activity like skiing, people I know ski a couple days, take a day off. Or um, just very active travel schedules. And many of us plan that same way even when there's social activities away from home. So whether it's dinner out, um, dinner with friends, shopping with girlfriends, uh, I, I don't schedule those day after day in a row. And I think this is a very timely, this is a very timely subject right now because a lot of us have come off of the holidays and the holiday schedule can creep up on you. And there are many things that you want to do. And I have weeks like that where I've looked at everything that I have on the schedule, everything that I've let on the schedule, and all of it is stuff I want to do, but taken together, it seems really overwhelming. And that's not what we want. That's not what owning your health is about. So I encourage you to think back if that got if that schedule got away from you at all in December. If it did, reconsider how you want to plan your time, how you want to plan and protect those your health in those external environments. If it didn't get away from you, congratulations. Good job. Keep up the good work as we move through the new year. So the third thing 
that I found to be very impactful when it comes to taking and owning my health on the road is recognizing what your absolute creature comforts are. Now, I typically travel carry-on only, even for two weeks. There is one thing that deserves space in my suitcase or carry-on wherever I go, and that is some kind of travel yoga mat. And it's not so much that I am that I have to do yoga every day, because that you can do in any kind of situation. But with that mat, I know that I can create a clean, cushioned place on the floor where I can stretch, where I can move my body, where I can meditate, where I can bring those practices from home into the new environment. And that yoga mat is one, a comfortable place to do it. But second, it's a cue to me, an external cue in a new environment that my existing practices belong here. And it's a reminder to do them. So that for me is a pretty much a non-negotiable. Unless I go somewhere where I know they're going to have one, I like mine. Is it my favorite yoga mat? No, it folds up. It's extra thin. But it is a place. It's a creating space that I can inhabit and own my health within just about any environment. And I've had it outside, I've had it inside, I've had it all over Europe. It's just one of those things. What is that for you? For some people, it's pillowcases that have been washed at home and are um, comfortable on their skin. For some people, it's the, they absolutely have to have certain clothes. And again, it's not so much a matter of OCD or, oh my gosh, you can't do yoga without your mat or you can't get along without these particular items, but recognizing those items that are really pivotal in owning your health at home and can go on the road with you, not just for their physical use, but for their cueing to remind you and to bring you back to that space so that a little bit of that health that you have in this beautiful environment you've created at home comes with you on the road. So I hope that's been helpful. There's many, many other examples. And if desired, we can do another episode on this. But I really encourage you to think about how you can own your health and take it on the road. Happy travels, everyone, in 2024. The information contained in this podcast is provided for educational purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. I am a nurse, but I'm not your nurse. Please see your personal health care provider for any concerns.